1: Hi, it's Shalom Klein from Get Down to Business. I'm off serving our country in the United States Army. Until I return, please enjoy the best of Get Down to Business. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night. Oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire, Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from this very program, get a sneak peek of who will be on next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Tandem HR. Visit their website, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. Great lineup today. Um, We've got some great professionals, entrepreneurs, but let's get right into it. I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio by James Curley, a partner at uh, the Mosaics brand, spinning wheel brands, and uh, it's always fun when you have props and uh, and visuals, but it's even better when the visuals have a taste to it. And no, we're not uh, chewing on paper here in studio. I am joined uh, not only by James Curley, the partner in the company, but some of his fantastic food items. James, thanks for coming, and more importantly, thanks for uh, bringing in those props. My pleasure. (laughs) um, In the food business, you have to bring samples. Absolutely, especially when the samples are really, really good. Um, So, James, welcome, and please
2: tell me uh, how you ended up in the food business. I started in 1977. I was in college, and I needed a job where I could also eat and so i started uh, working in a food co-op in austin texas which was a natural foods co-op and so in 1970s last year i celebrated my 40th year in the natural organic foods business it's
1: fantastic and i've had the opportunity uh prior to today to uh to enjoy uh, those food products and uh the, the there's a certain uh, you're not you're not trying to be like everybody else you're very focused on as you said, that, that are organic, that, that, that it's healthier, it's healthier ch- food choices. And uh, James, let's 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 get into it. Where are the products
2: found? We just launched the products recently. So primarily at the, at the moment, they are on amazon.com and our own website, which is deliciousness.com. But we are in a test in some Target stores here in the Chicago area, mostly in the city. We are in some independent supermarkets and we're in some small natural food stores. Uh, we expect to be in the larger supermarkets by the end of the year, since we're only about uh, four months on the market at this point.
1: Well, I saw your, uh, your your ears perk up when, uh, when we mentioned uh, about uh, Bob Mariano, um, and he's going to be on in, uh, in one of these up- upcoming weeks on Get Down to Business. So uh, lots of business, uh, no matter what line of work you're in, it's all about partnerships and and networking and and meeting people and getting your foot in the door. So the target target announcement is certainly very, very exciting. So uh, tell us a little bit
2: about the products. Tell us uh, what kinds of products they are. Mosaics are an organic popped veggie and potato chip. So unlike a regular potato chip, which is fried, our product is popped. Unlike the leading brand, Pop Chips, our products are 50% uh, yellow and green peas by weight. So they have four grams of protein and four grams of fiber per serving and only 110 calories. Uh, They come in five flavors. And we just think they're a better uh, upgrade to the potato chip. And I'm going to ask, I I think, an obvious question, but uh, is the taste as good? It tastes great, actually. Yeah. um, We worked really hard on the flavors. And uh, we also made sure they were crunchy and that they held up in dips, which is Primarily, what people use chips for a lot is hummus and guacamole and salsa, so absolutely so uh, you are a chicago based company we are We're, our, our offices are actually on Broadway in Edgewater in the city, and uh, all the all the partners are based in chicago as well
1: that 's fantastic so uh, let 's talk about the business side of things. so you mentioned your story and how you 've been doing this for uh, you 've been in the, in the in the world of food for for quite a while, and clearly you 're quite passionate about it. Um but you've made a transition. You've made a transition and you mentioned mosaics and you mentioned that the, the sort of the 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 health conscious um can can enjoy the products as well. How did you decide to uh to to develop a product that may take a little bit more work but uh
2: but is is better for people's bodies? Well being in that industry my entire adult life, I had a lot of contacts. You talked about networking earlier, and that's really an important thing. So we knew a company that was producing a product like this that didn't have anyone to market it. And so there was a little bit of serendipity in that we saw this product, our partners saw it, and we said somebody should bring this to market. Uh, Someone mentioned that they looked like little mosaics. um, And to, to add a personal touch to this, my wife was a mosaic artist and I lost her to cancer a few years ago. And so we just saw an opportunity to both name the chip, bring them to market, and position them as a virtuous food product but also sort of a virtuous social product. So we actually have a little donation fund to the Chicago Mosaic School on the North Side which is where she was located.
1: Oh, that's fantastic and it's always uh, encouraging to see businesses I, I say this probably twelve times a day in every meeting that I'm in. I'm always fascinated by businesses that are all about community. Um, so you're you're clearly in in the world of business. You are an entrepreneur. You're you're all about making money, but also making an impact right here at home in Chicago. So uh, continuing the theme of business, what advice you've been you've been uh, in in the world of business for quite a while. You mentioned the number of years uh, and and how long you've been doing this. You clearly learned a thing or two. You've probably made mistakes along the way. Plenty. <laughs> that was quick. Uh, <laughs> what advice would you share for uh for a young entrepreneur starting a business for the first
2: time in 2018 that you know now that you wish you knew when you got started? Uh, never tell a lie, which is advice that um, you know, my grandmother and my mother gave me, but really makes a big difference um in business and I think, you know, as a young guy I was always tempted to exaggerate m- my results or exaggerate you know, my positioning for my products or my brand or my business. And I've learned over the years that people actually respect you more if you just say, here's where I am today. Here's where I'm going. I need some help getting there. But let's tell the truth about it. And tell me about your partners. It sounds like you, uh, I know your, your
1: title is uh, chief sales officer and uh, co-founder. Um, so co-founder implies that you've got some other people uh, in, in, in business with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and what advice you would have for entrepreneurs that are exploring uh, bringing on partners. How do you make the right decision and, and what,
2: uh, what prevents you from making the, the wrong decision? Again, this was a networking situation, I think. Um, so my partners are people that I've known for a long time. We've all worked in various aspects of the same industry. One of my partners was a senior grocery buyer at Whole Foods in Austin, Texas. Another one of my partners is an entrepreneur who actually worked in the food space for a long time and invented the airline snack box, believe it or not and um so we've known each other, we've worked together on projects, and when we saw the opportunity to pull together as partners. We all trusted each other and knew each other pretty well. So nobody is a stranger in our partnership. And I think that helps a lot because we, we know each other's strengths. We know each other's weaknesses. We're willing to tell the truth about those things as well with each other. And, and that makes for a stronger partnership, just like it makes for a stronger marriage or any other kind of relationship in life. Five years
1: from now, uh, James, where do you hope the, uh, the company, the products, where do you hope that they'll be?
2: Uh, purchased by Frito-Lay.
1: Interesting. And, and for
2: me to be retired.
1: Very interesting, so you, uh, you clearly have a, uh, you have a goal you 're passionate about the product and you 're passionate about the about the health elements of it and um, and, and you think it sounds uh, an implied suggestion with that answer is that you 're hoping that uh, the larger companies embrace the same, uh, the same philosophy that, that you and your
2: partners have developed well, they already have if you look closely at the transactions in the last couple of years, all of the large CPG firms in the food space are buying small innovative brands to bring into their fold rather than innovate them on their own. It's a quicker path to market for them, and it keeps up with changing consumer taste better.
1: Well, James, Curley, uh, we are running out of time. Um, Mosaics, uh, we've got some samples here in studio that doesn't help our listeners. But uh, if you hear crunching when we come back from the break, you'll know what, we are, uh, what we're chewing on. Um, but we've got a great lineup of guests. But, James, I do want to make sure that our listeners know how they could find out a little bit more. Hopefully they'll be seeing it in a Target store near them. But how can they get in touch and perhaps learn a little bit more about the company?
2: The company website is mosaicschips.com, and the mosaics is spelled with a Z, -Z M-O-Z-A-I-C-S. But they can also go to deliciousness.com, which is our consumer-facing website where they can buy the products online, or they can find us on amazon.com. That's
1: fantastic. And uh, final question for you, um, regarding connections opportunities, I know that
2: uh, you're a growing company. Are there
1: job opportunities uh, within the the company, too?
2: We have some hiring going on right now. Um, A couple positions here in the Chicago area. We need a sales coordinator. Uh, we need an operations assistant, but we'll also be hiring salespeople around the country in the coming year.
1: Fantastic. We'll get on the website. Uh, one more time, how can people uh, learn more online? Mosaicschips.com. With a Z. With a Z. With a Z. Okay. Well, you could get in touch uh, through the website learn more about the company learn more about the opportunities to get involved and uh folks i mean it's all about small business so if you've got connections in the world of grocery uh open those doors because we love to see small businesses grow and james carley would love to have you back on the program real soon to follow uh to follow your progress and continue to tell the story uh, about these wonderful chips. Um, speaking of the chips, we're going to be digging in very, very shortly. Um, we will be back after this very quick break on Get Down to Business. I'm going to be joined by Kelly Clements, um, and we're going to continue the conversation about small business. So you don't want to miss it. Chicago, don't touch that dial. You can get on our website, shellimpline.com, and we'll be linking to the Mosaics brand of products. So check it out. Uh, listen to Get Down to Business, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and I can't think of anybody better that uh, that, that exemplify that that spirit of small business than my uh, than my next guest, Kelly Clements. Uh, she is the founder and head coach of The Entrepreneur. Um, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us here in studio. Thank
3: you. It's my pleasure.
1: Absolutely. So uh, you got to explain this. And, and I know we already had to explain how to spell mosaics with a Z. So obviously we're going <laughs> to have to make sure we know we let our listeners know how they could spell The Entrepreneur. But we'll get there. Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you do.
3: Yep. I work with entrepreneurs and primarily with their spouses. I've been coaching entrepreneurs for about 15 years, and I really realize that the spouse is the most valuable asset in any business. And so I've shifted my focus from focusing on the business owner to focusing on his or her spouse. It is
1: such an important issue, and and, uh, to folks that might not be in business and they watch the dynamics of how successful small business operates – it probably seems strange uh, to see the partnership. The truth is, we talked about partners with our last guest. The truth is, the real partner in business might not be on the legal paperwork, but it is the spouse. and uh, And I absolutely agree with that. So, Kelly, there must be a story behind that. Tell us. Tell us how and why.
3: Sure. So it started actually on my first day when I was coaching entrepreneurs with a coaching company called Strategic Coach. So I'm in the workshop room with entrepreneurs from all over the world and I noticed on day one that my, my clients fell into two camps. Those that would count their spouse as their greatest asset and those that didn't. And the ones that counted their spouse as the greatest asset were consistently hitting their, their targets. They were blowing through their goals and, and their growth was really um, done in tandem with their partner. So that's when I um, got to work on that and then um it's a case of be careful what you wish for I ended up in partnership with a highly successful entrepreneur and I learned very quickly that the spouse of an entrepreneur is not all about <laughs> brunch and breakfast in bed
1: <laughs> So absolutely so tell uh talk to us a little bit about let's start with the success story and then maybe we'll we'll move on to uh to a disaster story success story how in the ideal situation should that partnership collaboration, whatever term you want to use, but how how should an ideal relationship between a uh, a, a a entrepreneur, a business owner, and their spouse, how can they support each other what 's the right balance? Uh, what advice do you share with your clients
3: yeah, so the, that boils down to my whole promise, which is it takes two extraordinary people to create one extraordinary relationship. And a lot of times where I see couples go wrong is when the spouse um, really loses track of his or her identity because it's hard enough for a business owner to keep their identity separate from the business. And then if the spouse loses her identity, now we have two people who are kind of lost and, and looking to each other to fill that proverbial bucket. So the balance is really that both people are showing up fulfilled, happy, complete to that relationship because we don't want to depend on an entrepreneur to be filling that bucket at home because so much attention goes to the business.
1: Sure, and what about uh, family businesses have you uh, Have you gotten into that angle of uh, of multi generations in business?
3: Yep, yeah, I actually come. From, I'm in the fourth generation now of family business, so I understand that very well. Um, and it's always it's always a, a struggle. And the, the first question that comes to mind is, well, what do we talk about at the dinner table? <laughs> you know, it, it's always about business, and that's why I really encourage. Couples um, that they get out and play, you know, have hobbies outside of the business and outside of the kids so that couples continue growing together. So play is one of the things that I really work with couples on so that they have really high quality free days and that they're taking advantage of their time freedom and that that time away from work is spent while rejuvenating and actually enjoying a high quality of life.
1: So it it's it's funny because that is counter to what often people talk about about there there is really no lines in business and family. You're saying that there needs to be lines. There actually needs to be some pretty pretty strong lines and very very bold lines that are created um between family time and business time.
3: Absolutely. And not only just to protect the family but also to protect the business. You know, we need to shut it down. It's in those periods of rest where we get that rejuvenation and our creativity comes back online. So Having those fine lines of personal and professional really is important, not only in protecting the relationship, but also in protecting the business.
1: So let's talk about the entrepreneur. So what? Um, how did that name come about and what does it mean to you?
3: So the entrepreneur is spelled with the word renew at the end. And mo- a lot of entrepreneurs experience burnout at some point in their career. And it came up because um, I love to travel. I'm, you know, I'm a huge advocate for enjoying quality of life. And I saw so many entrepreneurs just burning out because, you know, we have this badge of honor with the grind. Like we work twenty four seven, and we're always plugged in and we're always available. And it it becomes our calling card to the detriment of our health and our relationships. And so the entrepreneur is just really offering a fresh perspective of how we actually grow, which is in that time of rest and rejuvenation. So
1: it's I have a strange question for you. It's about identity Mm -hmm. so when you're out and about somebody a, a wise friend of mine once said that that he uses the street test the devon avenue test when when he sees somebody walking down devon avenue he he there's usually a first impression that comes to mind he thinks oh that person works for xyz organization when people see you what do you want people to think do you want them to think of you as a as an individual of you as a business owner what identity do you want to create and because i believe that ties into that message and that coaching that you're working with entrepreneurial couples on
3: yeah so entrepreneurs really are the heartbeat of the business and so if they're look if people are looking to them as the business owner The business is actually fleeting, right? And so if the business goes away, that's where most entrepreneurs really start to have this identity crisis or the meltdown and they attach their self-worth to their net worth. So I don't ever encourage that they get their identity from the business because the business can come and go. Um, however, when they are showing up as the best version of themselves in the business and for their families and and for themselves, everything around them thrives. They become the gravity or the the the, um, the source that that feeds everything around them. So, I really want to get to get their identity on what's factory installed in them. And everything else is the result of that.
1: Well, speaking of identity, you clearly have, uh, have this very, very uh, firmly established. And, and you've clearly helped uh, a lot of people. So, Kelly, you recently wrote a book uh, mm-hmm. called The Power of Play, Praise, and Purpose. Tell us a little bit about what uh, sort of tips and advice uh, you share.
3: Sure. So the power of play, like I said, is it having some really high quality rejuvenating free days. If we look at our love relationship, the thing that got us to the altar in the first place was our dating relationship. And that's complete with play. That's all it is, is recreational activities. And so I get couples back into a sense of play so that their love can continue to grow. And on the note of praise, um, entrepreneurs and um entrepreneurs are actually very psychologically similar to psychopaths. And so if we're not careful in an entrepreneurial marriage, we have a lot of opportunities to criticize our spouses. And so um, I talk about the complement to criticism ratio and making sure that in an entrepreneurial marriage, we depend so much on that affirmation and support from our spouse. And so i um, really making sure that there's a lot of affirmation and, and support that goes on in the marriage and that we're not always tearing each other down because in that times of high stress and crisis it can be easy to turn on one another and so i'm always having my my clients keep their fingers on the pulse of that compliment to criticism ratio and for the for an individual that that
1: might be in business but really they, they do a successful job of leaving work whether they're an entrepreneur or not they might just they might be a professional i, I was about to say just and that's completely inappropriate um but but if they they leave their work at the office and they come home is that a bad thing
3: Absolutely not. That's a great thing. that's the dream, right? <laughs> and from a spouse's perspective, we you know that to have somebody come home and, and to be present I mean that's that's what all of my couples are going towards. so I don't see any any flaw with that at all.
1: Very interesting. Uh, well, great advice. and um, so Kelly, you have uh, been doing this for a while. Any idea of how many uh, couples and how many businesses you've uh, you've been involved in helping to grow?
3: Couldn't even begin to tell you, and hopefully the reach would be even further than I can imagine. I do a lot of speaking, too. And so um, one of my favorite testimonials was from a woman who heard me speak in Hawaii, and she said, you know, I heard Kelly speak, and I booked my flight to come home the next day, and, you know, I wanted to be with my family more than being in Hawaii, because she changed my perspective on how important it was. And so hopefully my reach goes farther than I'll ever, <laughs> than I'll ever know or be able to count on my spreadsheets.
1: It's absolutely fantastic, um, but it would be very, very interesting to know uh, how many people you've, you've impacted. Um, just before we share your website so people can find out more about the book and find out more about all your coaching, um, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked our, our last guest. What advice would you share? Um, just, again, being in business, I know you shared a lot of advice for couples, but being in business, what advice would you share for with a young entrepreneur?
3: Um, with a young entrepreneur is to really understand that play is a prerequisite prerequisite to success. It's not the reward for it. Um, Grinding it out is not the way. So just making sure that you're protecting your personal time to grow other activities. From a business perspective, you're going to see that it's going to increase your productivity. And that's where the disruptor energy comes in. When you expose yourself to industries outside of what you're used to being in, you can bring that creativity back to your own business. So really prioritizing play.
1: Well, Kelly, uh, Kelly Clowns, the founder and head coach of The Entrepreneur, Um, And uh, how can people uh, find your book? And how can they learn more about all your coaching?
3: Yep. The book is on Amazon. My website is kellyclements.com. Or you can find me on Facebook is where I'm most active.
1: Okay. Well, check it out. Some great advice. And whether you fall into this category... Or you certainly know somebody that does, this book is a must-read and Kelly is a must-meet. So be sure to check it out, and we'll link to it on our website as well, shalomkline.com. After the headlines and after a few quick breaks and commercials, we'll be back talking about the important issues of the day in the world of business You don't want to miss it. Uh, Check out our sponsors, TandemHR.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. Chicago will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Thrilled to be joined by our returning guest by uh, Brian Pomper of Action for Trade. Uh, Brian, uh, you joined us just a few short weeks ago, and we started talking a little bit about uh, intellectual property and some of the infringements um, with some countries countries uh, on the united states which are impacting uh taxpayers uh, brian welcome to the program
4: thanks for having me back Shalom.
1: absolutely so uh you have uh written uh you've submitted some comments to the office of the u.s trade representative um regarding mexico and mexico has not adopted any policy or pursued any legal actions against illegally operating Stream ripping sites, uh, Brian. the The conversation about trade has taken on a whole new level over the past week, and perhaps we'll have a few minutes to <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Um, sure but, has. But yeah. let, let's start with Mexico because I know that's something that uh, prior to uh, Thursday's announcement you were working on, and I, I, I think let's go in that order.
4: <laughs> sure. So you want to you want to talk about so Mexico? Uh, I, I mean, I think one of the, the the real problems with Mexico has been a lack of enforcement for, uh, protecting, uh, uh, innovators and creators and the things that they, they produce, you mentioned stream ripping. And this is the idea that you, you take a, um, from a streaming service, you remove the, the protection measures that keep other people from copying that, uh, song or movie or, uh, whatever it is. And, and then other people can copy it, even though it had been protected when it was on the streaming service. So that's something that, uh, Mexico doesn't have any measures to prevent against that we'd like to see uh, disciplines in the context of a NAFTA that would require countries to prevent against that kind of uh, intellectual property. And and,
1: and Brian, um, whether uh, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, voters overall, I think uh, overwhelmingly uh, appreciated uh, president or then candidate Trump's. Uh, insistence on the importance of american made innovation and creativity across sectors, especially relating to job creation and economic growth again that's something that i I believe the statistic is that ne- nearly two thirds of Americans say that us trading partners currently undervalue American innovation so you have been uh, part of the uh, part of the growing number of folks saying let's level the playing field so we talked briefly uh, again about the comments that you made to the, uh, to the uh, office of the u.s trade representative for innovation and intellectual property bottom line you believe that taxpayers need to get a better deal that we need to enforce the rules we need to make sure that that the trade is fair now let's in uh, we only have a few minutes but in our, our brief few minutes together let's talk about the president's announcement um last week about the uh, about the tariffs that are that are being implemented are you in favor or opposed
4: well, I would say that the group that I represent, Action for Trade, is is really focused on intellectual property. So in, in some ways, this is um, not really our fight. Uh, I mean, as a, as a private citizen and as a trade expert, I, I, I worry about this uh, sort of measure. I, I think it, uh, the last thing that we really want to do, it seems to me, is to have all of our allies be fighting with us and with one another rather than focusing on the real problem that, that China does represent in the world economy and, and trying to come up with tools and solutions to the, the huge overcapacity that, that China does have on steel and aluminum. Um, but I, I, I say that, as again, as my my own private capacity. Action for trade is concerned with intellectual property and, and trying to get the right, uh, rules of the road and NAFTA and and also other agreements as well. Uh, so, understood. From that standpoint, the, the group doesn't doesn't really have
1: a uh, Understood. But Brian, um, the the president uh, tweeted as he does quite frequently at strange hours of the uh, of the night, and he tweeted that uh, trade wars are easy to win. Would you agree with that statement? Are trade wars easy to win?
4: Yeah, Shalom. I think I fall into the the. Uh, I think very large number of traditional economists and, and people who think that history is rife with trade wars that are lost by both sides. So I, I don't think that it's a, a positive thing to, to spark a trade war. I, I worry that, uh, I mean, look, I, I would say it this way, that the president came into office promising a, a renaissance of manufacturing in the United States, something I think everyone would welcome. But I worry that what he has done or is planning to do here with these tariff walls that will be repeated with our trading partners as well is going to make lots of American manufacturers far less competitive, both in the United States and internationally. So I I worry it's going to hurt us. This is one of those circumstances where there's a real problem. But the cure that's being proposed here is worse than the disease.
1: And and Brian, that goes back to uh, to again the the action for trade and, and and your and the issue on the table over here. And I, I like your approach, and I admire your um, the the approach of bottom line. It's not just about okay, let's be strong, let's be strong, let's flex our muscles, and uh, let's show our capability. Uh, it sounds like Brian, you're advocating for uh, fair trade. And enforcing the rules that are out there Um, and when it relates to intellectual property and and as we talked about websites uh, with with stealing uh, stealing that intellectual property whether it's music movies things like that you're talking about bottom line there are rules that exist there are companies that are putting in millions billions of dollars and uh, and and United States government office of the US trade representative for innovation intellectual property enforce the rules is that right.
4: Well, sure. Everybody wants uh, uh, the government to enforce the rules. And I would say this this administration, like past administrations, is good at enforcing the rules. I think part of the concern here is that since NAFTA was signed, I guess, what, 26 years ago?
1: Brian, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, we, we, <laughs> okay. we should have much more time for this conversation. We'd love to have you back on. Uh, we're going to continue in the coming weeks. Brian Bomper from Action for Trade. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm thrilled to be joined in studio by the dynamic duo. Um, but uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by Matt Willens, uh, personal injury um, attorney, uh, rated among the top uh, the top personal injury attorneys in Chicago. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. And you've brought a, uh, a friend along.
5: This is my daughter and. Uh as of today, publicist Emily Willens.
1: That's fantastic, and we talked about family businesses earlier in the program, so I know uh, I know you guys have a, have a lot to talk about in your ride home. So Matt, um, let's uh, start by talking a little bit about what you do, and perhaps let's talk about what you don't do as well, because you are an attorney, but you are not, uh, I don't believe you claim to be a jack of all trades. Um, you are very focused on what you do, and you do it really, really well. Tell us a little bit about it.
5: Well, That's that's correct. So we're uh, a personal injury trial law firm. Emphasis on trial because there's a lot of personal injury lawyers out there. Not a lot of lawyers who are willing to step in the ring when necessary. So that's all we do. Um, We represent people who are in car accidents, construction accidents, medical malpractice, but call me to do your real estate closing or for a traffic (laughs) ticket and I'm going to point you in a different direction. I'm going to point you in the right direction, but I'm not going to be able to handle that myself because we're strictly focus on what we do best, and that's personal injury law.
1: But by the way, that, that is very important. We talked about networking earlier in the program, and I know that you pride yourself on that network, and that's how you and I got to know each other, is uh, you pride yourselves on, 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 on knowing the other attorneys that can be a resource and can help. So uh, walk me back to uh, probably just uh, under the past five years ago when you, when you, when you finished law school, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's been around for a little while. But, uh, but, but tell me, why did he choose to go into this, uh, this, uh, this practice area?
5: Well, a couple things. One, when I was in law school, I was probably naive, and I'm, I still might be naive, and I thought lawyers... I'll ask your daughter that. <laughs> lawyers try cases. That's what they do. They're in the courtroom. They're making arguments. So um, that's, I didn't, you know. there's a million things you can do as a lawyer, but I didn't really recognize that. But I, wanted, I knew I wanted to try cases, and I wanted to control my own destiny. Um, I didn't want to be one of those guys who has to build 2000 hours a year. And, you know, that was your job is to see how much you can work. So I felt, uh, one, I, again, I wanted to try cases and if I did good, then I, then I'd have success. If I didn't do good, I wouldn't have success. And I was okay with that.
1: Interesting. And, um, your tagline is nettle, never settle for less. Uh, tell me what that means to you.
5: Well, uh, so we, uh, when people hire us, we, we, make a commitment to them to get to maximize the value of their case. If the insurance companies who are representing the corporations or the hospitals or the doctors aren't willing uh, to pay us what we think the full value of the case is, we're ready to step up to the plate and go to trial. Um, I think the insurance companies know that, which uh, enables us to settle cases for more. Um, So you know, it's our belief that the insurance companies, and, and take it from an old insurance company executive uh, where I worked for a couple of years. Um, The insurance companies know the guys who will step in the ring and uh, they know a firm like mine will step in the ring, which guarantees that cases are going to settle for more.
1: Sure, and we won't have time to go through all of the types of cases that you uh, that you are able to take on, but all of those examples are listed on the website, which we'll be sure to uh, to link to. But Matt, you've prided yourself on again that network, but also the education. And I know on your website you you've got some videos that are out there. You've been quoted in the media quite a bit, and you've uh, and and you share. Uh, your knowledge and you uh, to your point earlier you don't take on all cases
5: what does it mean to be a trial lawyer well a a trial lawyer i think a lot of people call themselves trial lawyers Um, a trial lawyer is a guy who uh when when push comes to shove will get in the ring with the bully and and put it in front of a jury's eyes and let a jury decide sometimes we win sometimes we lose we like we win more than we lose, but but you have to again be willing to to get in the ring with that bully. We'll call the bully in in um, these instances the big multi-billion-dollar insurance companies, who uh, whose job it is is to collect premiums from people like you and me, and when it comes time to paying out fair claim value, they're either they don't want to do that, um, n- nor do I blame them. Um, so a, a, a trial guy is a guy who will actually step up and try cases and. In, in, you know, when he needs to.
1: And uh, that goes back to that point of never settle for less. Bottom line, you know you're good at it and uh, you know that you can help your clients and speaking of clients, you've got a lot of very, very, very impressive testimonials on your website from uh, happy clients, clearly that you've, uh, you've done very, very well for whether they've fallen into that category of personal injury, medical malpractice, you've been able to help uh, quite a few people and you should feel Very, very proud. So folks want to learn more um, about the practice, get in touch, whether it's about a specific case or, again, about networking and and ways to uh, to, to, to get to know a little bit more about the firm. How can they get a hold of you?
5: I think the best way is through the website, www.willenslaw.com, or call us, 312-957-4166. I'll take your phone call. Um, I enjoyed, you know. I wouldn't be in the people business if I didn't like people. So, uh, you know, call, call us. I'm glad to, to speak with you on the phone, meet you for coffee, meet you for lunch. All about helping people.
1: That's right. And and final question. Um, in terms of practice area, I know that we're uh we're in Cook County, but um, where uh, what geographically where where do you take on cases?
5: Have case, we'll travel. We've, <laughs> we've tried cases in all, not all counties. Several of the Illinois counties. In fact, we had a I had a record verdict. Um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, years ago, on a medical malpractice case. So, if it's the right type of case, we'll travel for it.
1: Fantastic. So, uh, so I turn now to your publicist uh, to see if uh, if she has any shout outs uh, for you. Uh, and uh, how, how did Dad do?
5: Um, Dad did pretty well. He spoke clearly and stuff like that, and explained a lot.
1: Okay. Well, maybe you'll follow in his footsteps, and uh, we could. I, I I always love it when firms are a Willins and Willins. Any chance of that happening?
5: Well, if, if that's the route she wants to go, it's a tough, it's a tough way to make a living. Um, but if that's what she wants, um, I'll, I'll support her full <laughs> That's
1: wonderful. Well, thank you, uh, Willens and Willens, the wonderful dynamic duo for joining us here in studio. Coming up, we've got tips, advice, information coming up for you on Get Down to Business. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. We'll be right back. now it's time for Business Tip of the Week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. On Tuesday of this past week, a local program coordinator uh, returned to work and listened to seven voicemail messages from me. That's uncomfortable. I could only visualize her moving through each one and rolling her eyes, muttering, not shalom again. Why did this happen and how could it have been prevented? It started on the previous Thursday when, late in the day, I, I uh, picked up a voicemail message from her indicating that she was missing a vital piece of information, that it was important that I contact her or it could cost me money. Not being one to squander funds, I did a quick bit of research on her request. I could not figure it out. I needed more details. So I called her back knowing that she'd likely left for the day. I outlined my confusion and told her I would call again tomorrow. So the next day, it was Friday, I had a completely nutty schedule. But I wanted to make sure that I did everything that I could to resolve the situation. I'd done a bit more research but was still puzzled by the request. Whenever my day allowed, I called her, each time leaving a voicemail with a few details and letting her know when I would call again. We did not connect. Along the way, I did think perhaps she's in an all-day meeting or away for the day. On Monday, I followed the same pattern. By this time, I'd gathered all my paperwork so I was able to leave her more details in my voicemail messages, but I never reached her, and she didn't call me back. Her return call came at 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning when I picked up the phone. She introduced herself with laughter in her voice, and she said, I was away from the office Friday and Monday, she said. My instinct had told me that that was probably the case, but I didn't know for sure, and since her initial message Uh, Sounded urgent. I wanted to make sure that I did everything in my power to follow through. I kept leaving messages. The missing piece, her absence, wasn't indicated by her voicemail receptionist. Voicemail is our receptionist. That's why it was created, to allow each of us to have a way to greet and work with callers, work with clients, work with our customers when we're unable to answer our phone away from the office or on another line think about how efficient it would have been if late on thursday or early friday morning i'd connected with a voicemail that said i'm away from my office until tuesday at 8 a.m and will return all calls at that time would have saved us both time and removed the cringe the cringe that i experienced when i think of her listening to my seven voicemail messages so what does your voicemail receptionist have? Does it have the correct information to share with callers? If not, why not? Let me know. You could get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's also where you can download podcasts from Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Download podcasts from today's fantastic show, great lineup of guests, business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. Share it with your colleagues, friends, and uh, fellow business owners, and even get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And while you're online, be sure to check out our sponsors, Tandem HR. We call them our solution center for a reason. They have all the resources around the Affordable Care Act, around so many regulations and requirements that are uh, making it so challenging for us to be in business they've got lots of great advice and they will gladly give you a free consultation if you mention get down to business check out their website tandemhr.com or give them a call 630 928 and we have a great lineup of some fantastic networking events and uh some programs that you don't want to miss they're all posted on my website shalomcline.com uh check it out and we'd love to see you there uh Coming up, uh, we are uh, going to be continuing the conversation on The Answer, and uh, you can always uh, tune in next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer, for the show, uh, where we will delve even more deeply into the world of small business. We've got some great entrepreneurs lined up for the program. Sneak peek, uh, we've got uh, Bob Mariano uh, from Mariano's uh, Grocery. He's going to be on coming up over the next uh, few weeks. And some great elected officials. Speaking of elected officials, your uh, elections are coming up. Uh, primary elections on March 20th in just two weeks. So make sure you are registered to vote. Uh, today is actually the last day to register to vote. You can vote by mail, but mark your calendar March 20th. Get out to the polling place, make your voice heard, and make sure that you're, that the business community is represented and you're talking about the issues. Again, get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday.